The main podcast is a free media source with a mission to provide better transparency in the market to connoisseurs, medical patients, recreational users, store owners, growers, extractors, and everyone in between. This is made possible through generous support from our sponsors who cover all corners of the great state of Maine. Special thank you goes out to Treeline Cannabis, Planet Tim, Watered Roots, Rugged Roots, The Heady Yeti, Tastefully Baked, Cure Cannabis, The Shack 420, Humble Family Farms, Canamelts, Salty Cultivation, The North Fire, Highbrow, Team Green, Seaworks & Co., Bade Space, Zero Gravity Extracts, Wisely Cannabis, and Stoner & Co. For more information on how you can support those who support us, please visit our website, www.mainpodcast.com, and click our Sponsors tab. Previous episodes of uh, me and Carrie have taken a little bit more serious approach to interviewing individuals, you know, trying to hand select them or fit people on. And we just never really got a chance to kind of let us show as individuals. And we're not even sure really if people want to hear that, but it's something that we thought we'd venture into just to try to discuss more so of our personal thoughts, um, what we see going on. And we feel like we've been doing it enough now that we kind of have an ability to be able to talk about that stuff where before everything was just so new and we were just getting really used to everything else that's going on that it just didn't seem right at the time to really for us to be giving opinions or or you know trying to provide clarity to issues really at that point we were just trying to interview people throughout Maine and where there's a bunch left still to be interviewed the pool of new interviewees is dwindling and that's just the truth of it. And so when we came down to trying to create more content, it really came about that we should start providing clarity on issues and questions that we hear and see. And sometimes it's not going to be necessarily us providing the information. It's maybe us doing the research, but we're still going to try to use credible sources of people that are in the industry to help us explain some of these things that go on. Yeah, certainly. We end up having conversations with a lot of different people who come on in and some of the focus will be on them as individuals, their business, their practice, their history. And that's really good information. That's really relevant in information. But it typically ends up being about who we're interviewing rather than kind of a broader scope. And we don't want to put people in a situation where they're saying things that uh, they'll have to defend for one reason or another. So it kind of limits the limits the amount of information we can share or can take. And it's not that people are going out there and saying, oh, this story and this story. It's not like that. We're just sort of not really able to. If I owned a cannabis business, how much would I share? Because it's like owning any kind of cannabis. In the, uh, it's like owning any kind of business that's out there right now. You have to worry about how people are going to perceive it. We can. We're into media. We came out and we wanted to tell stories and we wanted to look at it historically, but I think we also always have felt like we wanted to be in the moment a little bit more and talk about things that are of the moment that are affecting us. This is corporate America. And most of the time, corporate America does not favor small businesses. So let's not think now all of a sudden the tables are going to turn and we're going to be great and well off. Yeah, no, the whole business model in America is, is shifting away from uh, continually. And, and this happens through decades of different periods of time, too. 
um, where small business gets a squeeze and then it kind of makes it a little bit of a comeback. It's right now it's getting a huge squeeze and it feels like that global impact plays a bigger difference that one of these times that squeeze just gets too big. The cannabis industry, even if we, in, even if we win, we lose. Even if we win, we lose. There is not a you're situation. You're talking where, about prolonging it or is there a way of, I mean, how can it change? Well, there's no fucking winning is my point. There is no winning. If you look you at how. You have to play the game their way. Yeah. If you look at, we agree to these rules. Well, yeah, yeah. It, like, that's what I'm saying is even if we win, if we get everything we want, it's still not going to be what people think it's going to be. You're still going to have to set up your business in a different way for the most part. There's a lot of people, you talk to Joe Cohen, she'll even tell you, there's a lot of my people that came to me and like panic. I'm like, you've been set up like this because these unfortunately were the rules. Mm. They just never had been really enforced. So I think playing as if now like, oh, all of a sudden. Yeah, it is all the rules that have always in the past been written in and never act, acted upon, but they continue to be in the new version and continue to be. And so, you know, even though you never had to deal with it, you're like, uh, this is going to bite us at some point. This is going to bite us because of the impact it could have. Whether that's on, I brought it up the other night, on impacting out-of-state patients. And that kind of pressure could come from whatever state they're coming from, too. You can't control that. Well, the biggest pressure, I think, would come down at that point because the only way you can restrict out-of-state patients is by telling them that their med cards aren't going to make which I'm surprised they haven't do because that would immediately it would immediately move all the traffic that's coming up and supporting a lot of these businesses. It's going to move it right to the rec market because there's no fucking choice at that point. And so either the, and if the rec markets prices are matching the medical market, you're going to get stomped on, you know, because once they, as long as the right, quality the, matches. Uh, the, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That would change it. But I want to go too back much. to the, it even, wouldn't differentiate what they are at all. Even if we win, we lose. And there's people mm-hmm. that are giving false hope and are saying, well, these should have never happened and this should have never been in place. Buddy, it's been in place. It has been in place for a long time. And this is not me sympathizing with the people like Hannah King. She has no place on the board. There's no, I can't even believe she's still allowed to practice law with how much, uh, with how morally culpable she is for her, from her conflict of interest. There's been no oversight. I, I, I mean, cannot, it gets it's, raised. It's, I, I mean, we, we had a conversation with a couple of attorneys and like, I can't believe this isn't an ethics violation, what mm-hmm. she's doing. You know, and it is, it's a blatant ethics violation as far as When's how the last I, time on our state level we've I had an ethics it. violation. Could you even recall that? I mean, it's gone by the wayside. There's no oversight whatsoever amongst legislators, senators or, or house or what's going on via appointments. And everything right now is happening at a distance where you don't have access to them. It's continually and it's impacting us now. Now, on the cannabis stage, but more so business stage all over the place. I mean, I heard some horror stories about some guy uh, this morning when I was at Starbucks. His business, his construction just has this whole new line of regulations that have just come into to affect his. Lobstermen and seamen, um, um, fishermen, I'm sorry. Yeah, don't do that again. Yeah, right, seamen. <laughs> They're going through a period of time right now where they want to put some... Uh, in, green energy windmills out in the ocean. But if there happens to be some ecological impact because of these windmills, it's going to change fishing fishing areas where uh, we we have a great industry going right now with main fish. You know, what they're pulling off the coast, they would have to shut it down. We're, def- we've been known for fishing. And how's that going to affect lobster? No, I mean, I, I mean, what the fuck? It's definitely, I, I don't know anything about that. So I can't argue. Well, it. I do. I, I, I do. I heard. Oh, go I ahead. Even, yeah, even yeah. so, I think. But I'm just bringing it into a relative term. It's an even, attack all not, over. But it. To be fair, Kurt, that's not relative. It's not at all. 
because that was never a yes or no situation. We voted in certain laws. We want those laws imposed. I want a caregiver. I want a patient representative. Right. I don't want lobbyists on the board. I, I, that's something that I do believe. Uh, oh God, I do believe the Cannabis Coalition put a bill forward to make it that way. Lobbyists can't serve 100% support and back that. I think lobbying is horrible for America. It's created the issues that we're in now. Definitely people need to fight for their best interest, but it supports people that can afford a lawyer to show up to the state house every day. How do you, you, know? how do pre, how do you though prevent the effects of what lobbyists are, which are basically people to line the pockets? I mean, if you're not going to line their pockets, they're always going to win that argument. Well, I don't think, I think you can only fight lobbying or, or, with lobbying, but I think at the same time, there's no reason a lobbyist should be on a committee for overseeing I don't Adult think they, use should, they shouldn't be medical? a lobbyist shouldn't be on a committee where lobbyists are trying to sway the opinions of said committee. Like, Correct. so then why are you on the yeah, committee? That's a violation you should for be sure. a lobbyist in. just mm. be a lobbyist. You can't be a lobbyist in on the committee because it, like, it, it, it's so crazy to me too. Um, I do want to bring it back though. Wellness connection donated sure. $20,000 to Janet Mills. Janet Mills did appoint many, many, many of the seats that are on the office of marijuana policy, including Eric Gunderson. Don't think this isn't political. I'm not saying left versus right, but I am saying there's something fucking weird going on there. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to think that, that all of a sudden uh, when, when Janet Mills was given 20K, she also comes out with this oversight committee for the same fucking group of people that just donated $20,000. Mm. I mean, what the hell, you know? Yeah. So, and, and one of my biggest fighting tactics, I told this to Corey from Tastely Baked, I said, this should be a political issue. I said, I'm surprised LePage is not getting on the forefront and saying, Janet Mills is trying to kill Maine medical marijuana. You know, the, this needs to be brought into a spotlight. It's crazy to me how long this has been going on. It just got mentioned on the news. And that's at no fault by no one. It's not, it's not any of these organizations failing to do what they can do. It's just, this needs to get picked up. Yeah. People need to know. Dude, your restaurant that hasn't been able to survive in that certain spot for years that's staying open now, it's not because of a fucking increase in the steel industry. It's because of an increase in money in your community from the marijuana market. The trimmers that are going ahead and working for cash. Do I think maybe shapes should be paying their taxes? That's neither here nor there because I know many farms, many hairstylists, all that stuff that aren't reporting uh, small claims. You know, so, but there's more... There's more money in the community from your trimmers. Oh, yeah. There's, uh, there's more money in, in general entrepreneurs' pockets, which mm -hmm. just trickles down all the time. Yeah. I'm not talking about the big trickle down of giving away stimulus checks. I'm talking about no, that data down of the financial impact of what uh, the medical market has produced in the time that it's been open should be looked at and shared before there are any decisions going forward because of what you're speaking of right now. There are too many businesses that would, too many communities that would just go like belly up. And, and, and perhaps that's what they want. Hey, you know, um, you mentioned earlier, it's funny how the, this current issue, I don't think back when LePage was governor, it wasn't necessarily that he was willing to lend support, although it was at a time when cannabis was pretty new too. So maybe it was best just to be, he didn't openly ever from what we've heard. Um, but we took his inaction as a, as a positive to the allowance for the growth. You know, I mean, we didn't hear a lot about how the state got involved in, you know, chopping it down at the knees, whether it was economically or anything. I think they just wanted to let it grow a little bit or to a certain degree. But ultimately, I think it's always been about they wanted to let it grow for adult use. They never had an interest, even in the early going, for a medical program to succeed.
even under the Republicans. I think it's advantageous for them right now for Republican or conservative groupings to support cannabis because it's counter what's actually happening with with uh, with more of the Democratic Party and Janet Mills, you know, operations. There's no doubt that they were bought out. Uh, would it have been different if it was who was her opponent back? Uh, do you remember when she ran? Uh, Moody. Was, was it, it? Was it? I can't even remember now. I think it it's was. Too bad I can't I think recall, from Moody's but... Collision, the guy that owns that, Sean Moody. Oh, okay. Really? He was primary like against her or was he I within the so. party as a Democrat? I don't know. He was I a, don't know enough. No, he was he, a Republican. He was Republican? Definitely, for sure. Well, shit. That, I mean, not in no disrespect to him because I think he's been on the ticket for quite a while, but, but Janet Mills had a lot of pull from within the governmental structure already where I think to, he's an outsider. He doesn't have as much of that inside world views of what, how to get things done in Augusta. Yeah. He's learning. I think he's learning. Mm-hmm. Sorry, didn't want to get caught up on that, but... Well, you, you are a political something. guy. Well, well, yeah, but you mentioned something. I just think that the Republicans are more or less playing as, hey, we're your allies, so they'll gain support. But it's us. a perfect because time. Because they weren't necessarily it's a perfect, The Republicans before. are dying, if you think about it overall, not only in their they age, need to. because they're extremely old, and I talk about this from an objective standpoint. I am more of a conservative myself, although not alt-right like Kerry. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> no, but uh, in all seriousness, it would be, if we're talking from like an honest point of view, there's not a lot of support for the Republican Party right now especially in maine where we have southern maine basically turning into northern massachusetts it would be there's you want to grab creeping up you want to grab younger people you want to grab your business owners that are on the fence show them some support here and go ahead and stand behind a lot of these young guys these young girls are in the cannabis industry this is going to drastically this could be such a good effect to see wow there's someone that came in and actually implied some common sense legislation and straightened out all this bullshit you know, because it's not even feeling like Augusta anymore. It's feeling like Washington D.C. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what it's feeling like. They especially, all want to be there, especially for especially for someone that used to think Maine was so deep to its roots. I've never felt more so that a it's, detachment of how representation. How is it this hard to get through to these people? That's mm-hmm. what I keep asking myself. And to me, that's why it's almost been it's like cumbersome and just like tiresome at this point to keep wanting to even fight for the cause because it's like, damn, you could fight to your fucking blue in the face mm-hmm. and these people just don't want to listen so that's where i think if you want to amaze a bunch of people if you are a republican listening to this if you're paula page listening to this get out there and say screw you janet mills you are screwing the main cannabis industry now would be a, a good vote time for to me rally support is a vote openly. for main medical marijuana for keeping main businesses open and truly helping our economy recover because if you ever want to build an economy you're not going to do it without the current main medical marijuana program what you're going to do is you're going to squash it if you do what you're doing the whole economy. The whole fucking saying. economy. Yeah, because the only way Maine has a, a, even a slim chance of rebounding after this COVID bullshit, yeah. in my true, uh, my opinion, is with the Maine medical marijuana market. Or at least giving these people a viable option to transition into recreational. That's it. Yeah, a viable plan isn't necessarily bad. Again, I'll go back to this, and I shared it with a couple different people, but it's really difficult to define because it's almost like defining what the medical program is and what the adult use program is supposed to be. How are they supposed to be different? And I always go back to scope but I, or scale of your operation. And, but I still, like, I don't know where that line is to draw on how large, how, how much square footage. Like, you really should be 
I think it really should be a plant count. Remain there. That's a good model. If that's what, if you want to be a medical grower, stay on plant count, stay on like a certain size. I know it has its limitations, um, but I still think there's enough to live and to be able to share it as oh, a medicine. This is equally fueled by greed too. Don't get me wrong. The the people that um, we've been accustomed to how much money is involved. Well, with the people that have too, been constantly roping that's in and doing the legal loophole to. Um, Using using loopholes to have different rooms under different family members. Yeah. You're, not, becomes, doing, you're not doing anything wrong. But don't think people aren't noticing and aren't like, I want to close this loophole. Mm. Because if you want to be this scale, you're not medical. You're recreational. I get the logic behind that. I don't support it, but I understand it. And it's a really good argument. It really is. Mm. So you can't you can't have it both ways. I've been saying this for so long. The same people that are sending 15 packs out of state are the main ones bitching about fucking new regulations. It's like, mm. well, if you don't want so many new regulations and stop letting so much pot and great volume show up in fucking the New England seaboard. You know, it just shouldn't be happening. Everywhere from Atlanta, Georgia, up to New Haven, New Hampshire, or whatever. It's like, what is going on? Mm. It's just, it, 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 you can't ask for both in this situation. I don't think you can. I'm not saying to stop your business model, but don't go out there dripping like a trap boy and then saying you're a business guy. Mm. Shit. I don't know. I don't know. Because this is where I kind of differ a little bit on, I think, like, who, the truth of the matter is, why are they imposed? Uh, this is far out there a little bit, but... And so don't beat me up too bad, Evan. I'm probably about to already know. You are about to. <laughs> but state borders. I mean, really, who decided that that's an infraction on? This has to be, like, if you, if you look at it, then there is that violation. I understand that. But in essence, any producer, any area, the only way this is allowed to uh, continue and going to grow in any direction for longevity's sake outside of the next five five years, maybe, um, and that's max, and that's a lot fewer players, is that there is a lot being produced. We've talked about this, and there's an abundance now, and it's only going to get exponentially higher within what, I don't know where I could say six months, nine months. Like, I think we're going to see a, a full fucking rage of quantity, probably that soon. So, of course, there has to be more going going on. At this point, there have been a lot of missteps. You're right. They need to change as well. But how do you change that? I mean, you are dealing with a certain size. Now you're dealing with a business model that you need to move this much. I'm not making excuses for it. Right. But I mean, I, 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 but be, maybe I get where being just a cannabis grower I, for a provider for a store has become so much where I'm not saying they're not making money. They're making money, but right. But okay. So to use that argument, mm -hmm. let's just, projected as if there was nothing there was no borders nothing so you calling it the entire united uh, you, uh continental north america fucking a right with as much cannabis as you want and you're like fuck it we're going to sell it to the world they do to the world and then you're like well who should tell us that we can just limit it to the world well the living people on it like it's just <laughs> the basic laws of supply and demand to me it's i mean yeah i i guess i get what you're right but if you're talking about allowing interstate transport, you're also talking about now involving the federal government, which I think that's the last thing you want involved when it comes to regulation. Because if you think the fucking yeah. lobbyists and the waters are muddy now, no, no, going sure. up a notch is only going to make it worse. No, but I'm talking about this ice iceberg tipping over and you have to look at things a, a new way, like understanding that these are rules, again, like a lot of societal norms have been put on. These are rules that have always been passed down. And yes, they're effective and they're worthwhile, but maybe there are ways of rethinking it.
Maybe state um, state groupings need to happen a little bit more for the protection of those states. It's even, but it's to allow it amongst them. I'm saying because of the amount of cash that a new industry offers, you're constantly going to have people meeting that threshold. You could do all of United States, and within three months, you're going to have a surplus of product. That's just how it's going to work. People are that's they're motivated by the money. If you had a gun go off right now and said. It was a go, a start for a race. And they said, uh, cross country, okay, you can grow, like whatever state you're in now. You are so fucked when Texas money gets involved. You are so screwed. It's oh, already no, deep involved, right. but those, those, the oil companies, anyway, Texas, everything's bigger in Texas. When fly into there, you'll see their warehouses, okay? And it's like our biggest warehouses in Maine are their smallest in Texas. So if you think that's the last state you want involved in the cannabis industry, because you want to talk about dropping the price and getting product out there and probably moving it better than anyone else can, it's mm. going to be the Texans. Mm. Now, Texas would also be the state to like, if the all went legal, all 50 <laughs> states still like write a law, like, so you can't do it. You know, it'd be <laughs> the death penalty. But all I'm saying is you don't want some of these big players involved. You know, we've already seen what happened with California. California alone could probably supply enough for the entire United States. Oregon, Oregon, California, the whole Western Western continental part of the United States could probably support all of the United States with cannabis, all of it, and mm. more than we ever needed. And they'll still ship a million pounds of hemp to freaking Jerusalem every month. So how does the business model for a small craft state protect itself? Ah, you stay it. You stay small and craft. It, you're not small in craft. You're not a craft grower. You're nothing at you're, that point. When you're operating hundreds of lights or even 50 plus lights. Well, I shouldn't say you're not nothing. You're, you're, you know, you've chased this uh, model that's attractive to you and you want to play at bigger numbers. Everything is just exponentially bigger. That's why you get bigger. But the craft end, you're right, cannot be played at a, at a certain significant size difference. Correct? No, I think honestly, too, the only people, the only... If, if you are growing at a crazy rate right now, to me, it seems like the only reason you're doing it is to sell. Like the, the crazy, because it- So what's a good rubric to consider craft? I don't know what a good rubric to consider craft is, but I know for a big, I know for a fact that if you're expanding at a crazy rate and you're not completely vertically integrated, and even some of the ver- vertically integrated places don't, and will never have enough demand to move the product that they're growing, the best options to start looking for a buyer yeah is to i i would think is to solidify everything that you got going on and then try to find someone to buy it as one you know try to find another you know a rich guy from texas to buy it that doesn't really know what they're doing and that's the whole idea you offer Mm. them everything in one and sell it for a little bit more than you put into it but you have money down so you're going to be making a shit ton off it and and then go to something else cryptocurrency seems to be booming and that's from me so i'm not into (laughs) it but that seems to be it's pretty big thing. ever since we had um what was it brett or brent uh from uh, main real the, estate brent yep brent mm-hmm. and remember we were talking about that we never did get did get to uh publish that episode we lost the timing on it in the sense where it was relevant had we pumped it out that week mm-hmm. so we'd like to also probably do more of that in the future too right like quick like fast throw togethers um but yeah, no, the crypto is huge, dude, and and uh, and so is the real estate market. 
No, yeah. I mean, I know personally as well. No, yeah, going real through estate and, market's crazy. Well, you were saying you were expecting X on your house and you got like 10X more than you were expecting or something crazy, yeah. you know? Well, well, not a 10. Don't throw a 10 on for <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, well, it was. but there's it was, no real plan. Be was, outside of I know the state and I know where I can go and live, like maybe find something cheap and find something that works for what I want to, mm-hmm. where I want to live for it. But for now, um, no, I've always been like a jumper. I always do. I've been at this house for eight years somewhere around there it's been awesome enjoyed it but i'm uh, i'm looking for something different now it feels like a transition period you know yeah. and it's not necessarily an upgrade it's just sort of hey dude when something can sell for that much money why not quick highlight too over the past couple of days we had a couple of events the woman's cannabis connection big round of applause to them oh yeah um, great turnout can you find the applause button on that fucker let's try it no nope, not that one shut that off what's a boy no nope, not a, that one what's a boy what's a boy what's a boy <laughs> I, yeah, I can't I shut that one up oh shit there, there we go. go fourth one the woman's cannabis connection absolutely nailed it i mean filled the house packed it it was awesome um yep yeah, that was. I had a ball that afternoon. I hung out a lot. It was well, it was great Carrie and 47 women. So, yes, Carrie had a great time. <laughs> I couldn't fucking right. get him out of the room for two seconds to lower the volume or something. <laughs> um, but I like what they're doing as a collective. Uh, I think uh, in my eyes, just to speak on that, and I mentioned this a couple times to a few of them when I said, hey, look, I, I'm really proud of you. This is great because what the group of you did is you brought together 50-ish people for a gathering, for a fundraiser. They raised a lot of money that day too. It was, I'm, I'm not privy to it, none of my business, but can tell that they were very, very pleased with, you know, just how much there was giving back with, from that group. Great strides. And so from that 50 that came, give or take, um, you know, that number increases next time. It continues to increase because of good vibe, good energy. And, and I think they're going to get a lot done. Yeah, whatever no, they choose to i i think that um women are definitely underrepresented in this community especially as business owners operators um and a lot of time they're over sexualized you know and that's mm-hmm. just a point point of it and i think maine has done a really good job of not becoming california you know mm. yeah uh, right it, right right the glitz and the glam of uh the showcase girls that would come well, it's to just like don't get me wrong i like think that. everyone likes looking at someone for their <clears throat> for their physique one time or another attractive uh, <clears throat> sure male right. or woman and and vice versa to how they to how they view that, but just the over the topness that California brought to it, it was like, is this the cannabis industry or is this some like so, some type of soft porn industry at the same time? Mm, you know, I think, right? I think a lot of people looked at it like that too. And I'm I, as of right now, like props to Maine. You know, Maine is I think yeah, I never thought of, of it that way. But I've you're right, never it doesn't seen, feel sexualized at all. And and it, had it started, had the scene started, say like a mass, then maybe it would have already. And yet that its origins come from Maine. We've got this nice. We got, Alex has a we got strong woman. Yeah. We've got some really great representation. No, I feel like the representation is uh, is definitely like it represents Maine perfectly for yeah. what Maine is, you know? Yeah. So that's good. Props to them. Great event. Energy was great. Mm-hmm. The The next couple of days after we had the 420 event with Tastely Baked, that was yesterday, actually. Yep. That went great. Um, good showing for that, too. I mean, obviously, shout out to Corey and Janelle. They did a great job putting together a gift Love basket. Love working with them yeah. together on that. Always enjoyable. Uh, really good time to talk. Uh, the food from Nova Barbecue was phenomenal. The bonbons were out of this world. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. out of this world. And the magician, well, you know, 
the, he rocked it. The magician Phil, uh, Phil Smith. I still don't believe that's his fucking name. <laughs> Not a damn. No, no way. <laughs> Zero chance. Phil Smith. Will Smith. Come on, like that's bullshit. But you know, Phil did a good job. Shout out to Phil. Um, I wouldn't hire he him. He was six for seven. <laughs> he was. Yes. Yes. There was. Um, there was one joke that. Uh, made me want to, to rip some shatter from 2010. <laughs> and that's saying something, okay? Holy you shit. You haven't wanted to go back to shatter in a long time. When's the last time you had shatter? Uh, ooh, when I smoked um, probably, believe it or not, I think it was like Rugged Roots Pink Clementine or something like that. Oh, back in the day over there. Yeah, it was like the first time I saw back Clear then? Shatter, so I was like, let's fucking run it. <laughs> nah, no hate Ryan. It, it did have good flavor, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No hate Ryan. Still kind of tastes like plastic, but I've come oh, to realize that every single Shatter kind of tastes like plastic yeah. after you smoke a lot of hash. Um, oh, really? Weird That's what happens, huh? Uh, yeah, I don't know. You. I don't even smoke that much, though. Like you, I, I was but you smoked I, some uh, BHO recently that you said was uh, pretty phenomenal. Did I? I thought you said that. A while back. No, well, everyone's raving about the rotten snakes that's processed by Oasis. All I'm saying, Oasis does slay BHO extractions. Who else does too? Corey from Tastely Baked. He gave me a bunch of, um, oh God, what was it? Gorilla something? Maybe it was a Gorilla Mac. I'm not even sure. But it, it, that was really good too. I just think that it comes down to people that know what they're doing a little bit more. You know? Mm. Mm. There's so, still a technique to it. You don't get to try very much uh, green truck, or do you? I don't smoke. That I'm, much. I'm sorry, uh, green truck. I really don't smoke that no. much anymore. Um, it's just I don't know. I I don't smoke as many dabs as I used to. Right for me, as flower goes, I had uh, some Don Mega from North Fire for the first time, mm -hmm. and uh, I shout out to him. That that was really really. I love the flavor I got the, off that. Um, and the high that I felt was a little bit more like an undercurrent of not psychedelics, but there's this wandering mind that you were able to kind of choose a couple little new image images. Even with your eyes open, you're kind of seeing things a little bit different. So uh, I, for me, that was a great experience. Love that. Right. And I had uh, done the uh, Cannaba episode as well, and I got some Oreos. Cannaba. It's Canada. I just like saying Canada. I don't know why. They're in Farmington area and they're moving down to Portland next year on the adult use markets. Oh, wow. So good for them. Yeah. Yeah. But talk, I've been talking a little, a little bit more about, about psychedelics, though, and how I think I yeah. truly think that microdosing is going to become uh, microdosing with like psilocybin will become the next big thing. I've been finding our recent uh, podcast episodes have been including this talk about uh, psychedelics a little bit more. It is generally very interesting. Well, and it? I think that I think psychedelics get a very On a microdose level bad sure. name because yeah. of the terminology psychedelics you know like it's just like it's fucking weird you know like you think about it you think of like some hippie dude tripping out and i i have found more and more like your jockish type of athletes your people you never would expect are going to be taking some of this stuff are doing it because they do see some medicinal benefit i don't think we i truly don't think we're behind that far from denver and stuff um where you're going to see something like portland or auburn or something become a little bit more progressive in the sense and and legalize or decriminalize the use of of uh, of mushrooms. Having that in like a truffle form, where it's actually like, damn, or having it into like some uh, some edibles. 
Or no, yeah. Like well, I've seen that too a lot. Right. A lot of places in also, California. Also, honey, my brother was making it with a tea, a hot tea for a little while. Oh, yeah. But that's an of the moment, so that's more of a recipe. Mm-hmm. But uh, the impact or, or the effects of it are you know, amplified a little bit more, so you don't want to do as much. Uh, and it and it hits you a lot quicker too. So yeah. there's so many different ways of ingesting, but yeah, a little guidance. Well, actually, not a little guidance. A lot of guidance for people who are ever gonna first time it. Well, sure. I think too the th- the the thing that um, and I'm not really well versed in this. Uh, but no, but I think we could probably get some people together to talk about that. There, it's um, bring more of an awareness. Things they've recognized. Things well, there's they know. different strains. Not doctors, unless people we can are, get some. People are going ahead, and, and there's mm-hmm. different strains that produce different feelings and stuff like that. Kind of just like cannabis. Um, I do think it would need to be regulated a lot more than cannabis. It only makes sense, in my opinion, that it would be um, just because it's like like cannabis. You do too much, like whatever. You're too high. But you do too much shrooms. So like, the regulations on edibles are going to be out of this world. Is what you're telling me. <laughs> I don't know. I think it would just be the overall regulation on how strict. Like from day one, I would assume testing is going to be necessary for potency. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just more of a. That's much more. They might force it to a capsule form too. Which more, I, I more so. Yeah. You know, because of regulation, mm-hmm. you take it out of. Uh, not only that, edible too. I think they'd probably do both. Yeah. But as far as getting it in raw form, I don't know if they'd allow that. I don't know. I would hope they would, because there is some beautiful looking mushrooms. How, uh, how often have you seen like mushrooms like dried up different forms? Uh, not really a whole lot. I've seen in pictures and stuff like that, just from doing some research. Most of them that I think I saw there, the origins come from uh, cow cow pastures. Yeah, that's the great uh, best place for them to grow because mm-hmm. of the manure. A friend of mine uh, was telling me that he went down there and he spent an afternoon and. There was a lot of wet shit out there, too. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> Maybe this is a good point where we call it a, call call it a wrap. It, yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much. We're going to be dropping weekly episodes with just me and Carrie, um, kind of just talking about some of the things that are going on in the industry, some of the thoughts that come into our head. If you have any ideas, things that you'd like brought up, discussed, questions, concerns, go ahead and shoot us a DM on the main podcast's IG at M-A-I-N-E-P-O-T-C-A-S-T. Um, or shoot us an email to you can find all of our information right in the link in our bio. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.